Today's edition of Talk Real Estate has been pre-recorded. Now, Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara, and you are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable here uh, on WATD 95.9. And uh, we are not live today. This is a pre-recorded show, so don't call in. Yeah, don't (laughs) call in. I'm a little out of sorts right now because, like, we're pre-recording the show, and we're typically live. We haven't pre-recorded a show since we we used to go into WATD. I know. It's been a while since we pre-recorded. But if our listeners have any questions for us, they certainly certainly can call Tim and Tim will take down their name and number and we can get to you or you can just reach out to us. So you can uh, send a text message to me 781-294-4848 or you can call me if you don't text me you can call, call me. me. <laughs> call me and, uh, Sharon give your number one more time. Yeah. 781-294-4848. Uh, but today's topic we just thought that we would just you know sort of make it a little casual. We've been talking about some heavy yeah. stuff lately right? We've been talking heavy real estate. <laughs> and I know that this is a real estate show. We're supposed to be keeping it real. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we, sometimes you got to lighten it up a little bit. That's why we're pre-recording a show. We're mm-hmm. um, going to be enjoying our, our weekend, weekend here yep. and um, you know, just sort of getting this, getting this rolling. So today mm-hmm. we're going to be talking sort of real estate lingo. Yes. So um, we've done this show in the past. So if you want to listen to our old show and doesn't, you don't want to listen to us right now, <laughs> you can go to talk real estate round two com and uh, listen to the past show, but we're pretty much just going to be talking about some common real estate terms and lingo that you mm-hmm. may hear. Um, obviously, we are very familiar with it because we are in it every single day, mm-hmm. um, but not everybody knows. So yeah, and it's interesting too, because there's a lot of times where, you know, if I do the radio show with my brother-in-law who was on previous to the show today and um, I'll hear him, I'll say, oh, I did a CMA and he's like, eh, 
what's a mm-hmm. CMA? And I'm just like, oh, comparative market analysis. Yeah. You know, so we do have a lot of little terms that we use. Do you want to introduce our other guests? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I have been sort of trying to teach somebody lately, the past mm-hmm. couple uh, months. We've mentioned her on the show since she joined our team here at Boston Connect Real Estate. But um, I have been trying to teach Julia. Hello, Julia, our administrative coordinator here at Boston Connect Real Estate. You've been with us a couple months now, right? About four months. Yeah, yeah, full-time about four months now. Uh, But Julia, you don't have any real estate background, so this is all new to you. So I feel like this is the perfect show for Julia to to join us because I know we don't have uh, Tim, our our Saturday guy right now that we can sort of bounce some ideas But we can bounce some stuff. You know, in the studio right now, we have, we get the the big guys, we get the big guns right now. guys that make all the big decisions there at WATD. So we have uh, both Rob Hakala and Larry Nelson helping us out today. So they are there. Hello, guys. I don't know if you want to say hi or not. Good morning. Yeah, Larry is uh, helping out. In fact, he's just going to go down the uh, down the hall here. But I'm happy to be here on a Saturday. Uh, Great to be with you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So, Julia, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are, you where you went to school, and you're sort of like the COVID baby that ended up in the, the college with the COVID stuff, right? I was, yeah. Um, so, I'm Julia. Um, I am a resident of Pembroke. I have been my whole life. I graduated from Pembroke High School, and then I went to Bridgewater State University, where I got my bachelor's in marketing with a minor in public relations. Um, I should have graduated in 2019, but I had to graduate in 2020 because of my credits, which (laughs) obviously I didn't, I technically graduated in 2020, but um, I didn't get my actual like walk graduation (laughs) until 2021. So by that time I was like two, three years out. Must have been so confusing. Like with COVID and not being able to go to class and or even to do internships, right? I had an internship and I had to like leave it. Like I was only a couple months in and they like couldn't have me anymore because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And it was just like all crazy because it was like, you're so excited for your senior year, like especially being a fifth year student. I was like, oh, this is my year. Like I'm going to enjoy the end of it. Like, it's all I was, about me. It's all about yeah. me. Yeah. I was looking forward to like the last class, like doing all the, like the stuff that I like really wanted to do. But well, um, one of the things that you really wanted to do and you did remember, we had this conversation in our little kitchen here mm-hmm. recently that you had to do a project for school, right? I did. Yeah. Why don't you tell a little bit about um, that? You want to talk about manifesting your job here at Boston Connector Real Estate. Yeah. Uh, so when I was a sophomore at Bridgewater, I took um, a marketing class and we had to do as a final project, we had to do um, sort of like we had to pick what like dream job or like a career we'd like to do and kind of like almost do like a market analysis on it, like explain like what the job would entitle, why you would actually want to do it. And like, Mm -hmm. if it like made sense to you and all that. And it was kind of like the professor at the time was trying to get us to kind of like get like our head in gear and like Mm -hmm. actually figure out what we wanted to do. And I was at a point where I knew I wanted to do marketing, but I didn't know where I wanted to do it. And I ended up Googling and I found about like marketing for real estate and all that. And I did this whole project on marketing for real estate and why I would actually want to like join the real estate uh, business and become a marketer for it. And like, 
I did it. And like, I remember for like a few months, I was like really into it. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like I really want to do that. And then like later, like I like couldn't find internships and I like kind of forgot about it. And then well, you didn't call us. No, I know. And by the way, PS, you didn't even bring that up during your interview. I didn't know <laughs> that would have been like a shoe in I feel right like there. Like I, that would have been like, boy, we don't have to think about anybody else. This yeah. is what she wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, uh, it was very interesting. Cause I remember like sitting, like, I think it was like a month after I started and I remember just like sitting at my desk. And then like, I remembered the like project. I was like, I really manifested those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she had to bring it up in her interview because I think I, I told her we had 24 applicants mm-hmm. and we really narrowed it down. And I interviewed two through Zoom at first. Mm-hmm. And I think when she heard that, she's like, oh, I got this in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got this in the bag. But um, we've talked about hiring uh, an administrative coordinator on the show before. So Julia is joining us today. Mm-hmm. Like we said earlier, we are pre-recording this so we are here during the day and um julia was like you know she's down for anything so we're like mm-hmm. you want to join the show let's go <laughs> all right let's get um, to some of this lingo maybe we'll just put julia to the test and see how much well, that's what learned. i'm saying and that's what i'm saying i'm saying you know julia does not come from a real estate no. background um professionally mm-hmm. so uh you're the perfect it's like you're a caller you yeah. know somebody's mm-hmm. calling in on a saturday and you're you're gonna guess what some of these things are mm-hmm. um okay so we'll start off with um the difference between a realtor, a salesperson, and a broker. And Julia, I'm going to ask you this. What is Sharon and what am I? Okay. So Sharon's a broker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're a realtor. I or you're, yeah. Right? I am. Yeah. I'm, I a real, am. I'm a realtor too. You know? She yeah, is a realtor yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's like saying I'm the president of, I'm a former uh, yeah. governor or I'm whatever sorry, being a, <laughs> you know no, sir, because realtor is part of the i know but i like to think of it as like <laughs> but, but okay no we're doing a show to educate people <laughs> i know i remember we have a lot of real estate agents that listen to our show so a realtor is a designation mm-hmm. basically so it's like sharon mcnamara realtor so it's part of the national association of realtors so we pay dues to that so our office at boston connect real estate is a realtor office everyone here has to be a realtor pay those dues and have all those great benefits that come along with being a realtor. A real estate agent or salesperson salesperson is the license that that, uh, Melissa has. Mm -hmm. Um, She has a license. I I think that she should go and get her broker's license, but we're waiting for her to take that class, which has been backed up because yeah, somebody else has been trying to take it. So there haven't been a lot of people doing Mm -hmm. that. So yeah. there's, there's the difference right there. <laughs> so Sharon, let you know <laughs> what Thank the difference so is that. Um, what just, do you know what the difference between a buyer's agent and a seller's agent? Well, I know we were talking about this last week because of the discussion, but I believe like, obviously the, the seller's agent represents like the seller and the buyer is kind the buyer's agent is kind of like there to be like a representative for the buyer because sometimes they're never used to be. Yes. one for the buyer. So yeah. a buyer's representative. See, you're, she's you're like, listening. She's you're learning. She's like, like, oh my gosh, I'm taking notes know that they were going to do this to me. <laughs> I want folks suddenly. <laughs> you're doing great. You're doing great. You. Don't you feel like you're on like a game show? I really yeah. do. I know. I really no, do. she's Shazam. like, I suddenly I have had to a take button. a half day. Shazam. You beat Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow will be my rest day. From yeah. <laughs> and just think when we hear all this back, I bet you like, like Tim right now would be like doing all kinds of Jeopardy things mm. and stuff like that. So I'm sure Rob will throw some of that stuff in there for us. Um, all right. So what do you get next? This is good. Uh, a CMA. What does CMA stand for? 
I don't want to look down. But <laughs> I just yeah, it's the, yeah, the comparative market market analysis. Okay. Yeah. And, and do you know what information's in that? Um, I do. I know that like usually isn't the CMA something like you give like when you're trying to like bring in a client and kind of give them like an overview on like if they're like selling at their house or mm-hmm. and, like kind of like giving them like an overview of like the market around them like if they have their house like you look at like the other houses around mm-hmm. and you're kind comparing of like, yeah the market. comparing yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay Sharon do you want to expand on that sure so comparative market analysis is basically exactly what you just said mm-hmm. so anytime somebody is going to be putting their home on the market I will do a CMA for them and in that is content I like to say this fluff in there but I really don't really spend a lot of time on the fluff so mm-hmm. the fluff would be what we do from a marketing perspective, what are, you know, how we promote your house, you know, all these other things that we do. I call that fluff. I just feel like we've sort of shown that we can do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the most important part is the educational piece of this. When mm-hmm. I sit down with sellers, I like to educate them on where the market is right now and where I feel it's going mm-hmm. and how to come up with a price for their house and then we decide together, or they really decide what the sale price of their house will be. So I'm going to give a quick example because I just came from an appointment and um, it was, it's coming on the market soon. So next week that will be coming on the market and it is a split level home. And I did a quick analysis on this property and just pulled all the split level properties, all the raised ranches in Pembroke because mm-hmm. it is in Pembroke. I did the last six months. I pulled up sold and I pulled up under agreement and active because I want to see what's going on around it. 14 properties came up. Then what I did is I dissected them and I took anything out that didn't have, it was just three bedrooms. So there was one that had two bedrooms. I took it out. I took out the four bedrooms and then I took the square footage of this house, which was 1,250, let's say, and sort of tried to keep the houses I was going to choose that sold. As part of that, you know, that's what I'm going to compare it to. And then any of them that had a garage, I took out because this house doesn't have a garage. So interestingly, this house had previously been on the market with another agent and um, the contract expired. So they called me. It's right up the street. They wanted to go with somebody local. Interestingly, when I did the analysis, based on the sold comps, this house honestly could be up to 577 but the market has changed. The market has shifted Mm -hmm. and it has, it hasn't, it, it has slowed down, but not significantly in this price range, I would say. So what I did is I, instead of doing an analysis based on what the house sold for, I did my analysis based on what the house, all those, there was four houses that I was looking at. I based the CMA on what it was listed for, Mm. because when that went on the market, that agent was looking six months previous. So those are the comps that they were using. So when I did that, my number came in, the high end is 499. My low end is 475. And it's interesting. I didn't talk to Mary and this happened sort of on a whim. Mary met me over there and she looked at me. She goes, I was going to say it should be under 500. And it was recently on originally for 565, went down to 525. So this new property will be going on for 499. Perfect. And there you go. That's my answer. Well, and I know we've been talking a lot lately about heavy stuff, but that is a perfect example of how the market is changing and how it has changed in this year. So that's a, what, $75,000 difference just based off of 
the couple months that it was mm-hmm. on the market and not moving. Yep. Because the emotional value, once the rates went up, the emotional value went up and out the window yeah. with it. So mm-hmm. yeah. people weren't, you know, just as emotionally attached to trying to get these homes. So yeah. sellers now are in a predicament where they just have to you know, look at what the numbers really are. Well, I think it's, it's always important to when, whenever anybody asks, when's the right time to sell my house? The the right answer is when it's right for you. It's not necessarily when you can get the most amount of money because maybe six months ago, it just didn't make sense for you. Mm -hmm. And now it does. And the value might be less, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it just, the right timing is when you should do it. And I know that mm-hmm. that's sort of a vague answer, but it really, you shouldn't move just because yeah. of it's, money, because you're going to be spending it on the other end. Yeah. It's almost like when I say right sizing, I never say that anyone's downsizing because I don't consider it a downer. I say they're right sizing. So it's the right size for you right now. Yeah. It's right timing. It's the right time for you right now. And honestly, I've said this many times, you are the best at sort of educating your clients on the market and Mm -hmm. sort of telling them and showing them in MLS, and we'll get to MLS as one of the lingos, (laughs) how you get to that number. And Mm -hmm. and, and at the end of the day, it's their decision what they go on the market for. You just, you're there to educate them. Mm -hmm. Whether they take your advice or not, that is up to them. It is up to them. Um, But Mm -hmm. I've always said that you do an excellent job at sort of. Thank you. And you know, one of the things I love about numbers is they just don't lie. Yeah. A number is a number. And we are looking at these numbers all day, every day. I mean, we're full-time agents. I mean, I made a comment to somebody the other day, I wish we only worked 40 hours a week, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even though I've, I have been slacking a little bit on the weekends, but summer's almost over. So I get two more weekends where I get to, you know, play on the boat, but anyways, um, it is about educating people. And when we're working with our buyer clients, we want to make sure that they're not paying too much. I know that there was a time when people were just emotionally giving offers and waiving all their rights and inspections and all this other stuff. And that isn't how we roll. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I don't want to get down a bunny trail on that. Well, I said it before, but we'll move, we'll move to MLS. So what does MLS stand What's for? The multiple listing service. Oh. oh. <laughs> Did we get a little tune? Yeah, we got some tunes going. Um, and what 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 do you see on MLS? Oh, like listings, basically. <laughs> it's kind of like the back end. Well, not back end, but like it's yeah. like I know like I think it's like mostly like realtors and brokers can view it. So it's kind of like yep. almost like kind of private mm-hmm. from yeah. the public so that it's like um we have all the goods yeah. in that little thing. So, well, the sort of quote unquote back end is private, but it also is very public because yeah. it's sort of like the hub. So exactly. it, all of the information starts mm-hmm. in MLS. So the multiple yeah. listing services, then mm-hmm. it gets sent to third-party websites yeah. like Zillow and Trulia and realtor.com that they're pulling the information. Unfortunately, yeah. they don't pull all of the information mm-hmm. that they need to. So those third-party websites are not completely accurate. Plus when you, you know, try to get information from those, um, third party sites, you're not getting the listing agent, or Mm -hmm. if you're lucky, you get them, but you're getting somebody who doesn't know anything about the property. And what Sharon says, nobody can sell a house like a listing agent. Yeah. Right. I 100% feel that way. And even in going back to what is buyer representation and what is seller representation, you know, going to this, sometimes people are like, oh, I'm just going to go to the listing agent. I feel like I'm going to get a good deal because I'm going to beat them up on their compensation, right? Because if they're getting both sides is what they'll say. 
But the, the, that person is always representing the seller. And if they are doing dual agency, which is representing both people, they can't tell information mm -hmm. back and forth anyways. But honestly, no one can sell a house like a listing agent can. And honest, if you think about it, the listing agent is the one that's going to the house. They're doing the analysis. They're sitting with the seller. They're going through the house. They know all the ins and outs of it. They're doing all the work. People go on to Zillow. They go on to Trulia. They go on to Realtor.com. And, and again, Realtor.com, by the way, is not owned by the National Association of Realtors. Okay. Now they'll go on to all these sites where real estate agents are buying leads. Mm -hmm. So now it's, you're getting an agent that probably knows nothing, could potentially know nothing about the area. Could be brand new in the business, yeah. never done a deal. They don't know anything no about training. that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're buying leads in order to get, I'm sorry, I hate to say this, buyers, you're considered a lead. <laughs> and I mean, in our office, we just don't generate, you know, working with people that way. I mean, we're all by referral, but if you scroll down, it is legally, they have to post who the listing agent is of that property. So mm -hmm. if you're out there and you're using any of these third-party sites, scroll down. Even if you went to bostonconnect.com, that's our website. If we, we show all the listings, not just ours, but if you scroll through, you will find who the actual listing agent is. So if you're going to these other big companies as well, to their websites, scroll through and find the listing agent. Yeah. They're the ones working. <laughs> They're the ones working. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> well, we'll stay in MLS. So uh, the so real uh, realtors or yeah. brokers go in there, put in all the information. Mm -hmm. um, but you can also uh, sign your buyer up to get information from MLS directly. Oh, okay. So if you're if you're an agent and you're working with a buyer, you want to put them in MLS so they're they're firsthand getting that information. They're not on those third-party sites getting the information from there. They're getting it directly from you um, after you've set them up in MLS and um, the most accurate information. So they can call you and say, I want to know more about 123 Main Street. You pull it up and say, oh yeah, I can tell you, I can do this. We, they're doing an open house on this time. Um, so that's, that's really important. So if you are an active buyer, make sure that you're working with an agent who has set you up in MLS. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, th those, that's, that's what you should be looking at at two o'clock in the morning when you can't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's exactly. the other thing too, is make sure you have an agent who isn't just sending you, putting your name in a database and just sending you stuff that's automatically sent to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I honestly feel that your agent should be following up with you and saying, Hey, did you notice that this new house came on on one, two, three main street? And it looks like it fits your criteria. Do you want to go and see it? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I know that there are times when we've had clients and they haven't, they're at work. So while you're at work full-time, our full-time job is yeah. making sure we see houses when they come on the market for you. Yes. Um, so something that you see in MLS when you're looking at a property is its, uh, status. Yeah. So, um, new, I'll say new is obviously new, new yeah. to the market. Just went on. I think it, I think it's like three or four days. It's new or I something. Think it's 48 hours. Okay. So two days, yeah. um, <laughs> that it's new in MLS and then it becomes active. So yeah. it's active. It doesn't have a accepted offer or anything like that. Are you fanning yourself? <laughs> it's hot. very hot in here. Yeah. Um, but then there's another status and it's CTG mm. contingent. Yep. What does that mean? Um, I believe that's when like, there's like an offer going on. I don't know if it's like exactly like an accepted offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you have an accepted yeah. offer 
Sharon, what? <laughs> I guess I'm having a hard time over there. <laughs> it's pretty warm in this room. I'll take it over for a second. <laughs> So if you see a status of contingent, um, that means it does have an accepted offer. However, there is a contingency in that offer that is presenting it from going on to the next step. So Mm -hmm. that might be um, they have a home inspection. So they have to get through home inspection, any negotiations that need to be done after that, then they can move forward to the next one. And I won't give that sneak peek just yet of what the next status is, but um, it means that there's some sort of contingency that's holding them um, to a certain date. Um, it could be just signing the purchase and sales. Maybe they just didn't do a home inspection. They're just moving right over and it could be a short amount of days. And contingent also when I'm looking, when I'm doing my CMA for people, now that everybody knows what that is, um, when I'm doing that, I'm looking at what is contingent and I'm also looking at what is under agreement. So contingent properties basically has the accepted offer. And as Melissa was saying, they might have to do home inspection or they might have to, you know, sign the purchase and sales agreement. Generally speaking, a contingent property will be sold, which means it's gone, you know, to closing and everything else. Um, and it's recorded at the registry of deeds. That's usually 45 to 60 days from contingent is usually when you'll see it. It could be sooner, but that's generally about what we would see. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then under agreement, UAG, what does that mean? It's under agreement. Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll fill her, I'll fill her in. Yeah. Um, so that one is very similar to contingent. So we have the accepted offer. And they have gone through all of those contingencies. So they have signed the purchase and sales agreement, probably. They have had all their inspections. They've done everything they need to do. And now we're just waiting for the bank to process their part of the paperwork to get the money to close. So that is generally when we see something as under agreement, that means it will probably close within the next 30 days, 30 to 45 days. When I'm doing a CMA for people, just to back up a little bit, I'm looking at contingent and I'm looking at under agreement because that's a really good indicator for me, which way I feel the market is going to be going. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you have, I'll just say a three bedroom raised ranch and I see a three bedroom raised ranch that is under agreement, I would probably call that agent who was listing it and just saying, Hey, congratulations. I see that you have one, two, three main street under agreement. I'm using that you know, for some of my comps on a new property that I'm going to be listing. Can you tell me if you got at asking or above or like how far off you were? We never ask each other what the sale price is until it's sold. And why is that? The reason is, is because if it ever falls apart, you'd never get a penny over that. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to have to that return the favor to somebody. And I would not. Yeah. And that's the thing. I'll give agents some ideas, you know, you know, hey, or above. Yeah. I'll just say, you know what? We did go over you know, or Mm -hmm. actually there was one in Dorchester and we didn't go over and somebody was using it as a comp. And one of my Dorchester friends there called me and asked me about it. And I was like, well, I'll let you know that we were close to asking. So we didn't go over, but I didn't give him a a solid number. Mm -hmm. So we have to help each other out. We are working together. So we're all in the same sandbox. Um, So I want to move on to DOM. Hmm. Okay. And that's one. Why do you hate this one? I was going to say that you you include this in your CMAs and in your explanation of what it is and why it can be misleading. Yeah, and the only reason why I put that in there, do you know what DOM is? No idea. Okay. Do you know what an, a deer is with no eyes? What? Do, uh, do you know what a deer is with no eyes? This is a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> no a, deer, a deer with no eyes is a no idea. 
Uh, yep. <laughs> That's me right now. <laughs> do, do you know what a deer with no eyes and no legs is? No. Still no idea. <laughs> I can't. Oh my God. <laughs> like one of my favorite jokes when the kids were little. I'm so That's glad I could good. use it again. Um, okay. What were you we just talking about? D-O-M. D-O-M. Days on market. Um, oh, yeah. So true. we were talking about days on market. And the reason why I put this, I put this in my analysis when I'm doing this and I give this information to people, because for some reason or another, people like, like to look at it and I don't know what information they're really getting out of it. Now I will say I have been in real estate for 21 years or whatever it's been at this point. And I, I just specifically remember doing an analysis for somebody one time and them asking me, oh, so could you tell me what your DOM is? And I was like, oh, clearly I'm not the only agent that has been here, right? Because yeah. it isn't a word that everybody just knows. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, why do you ask? Because <laughs> I knew the reason because somebody was throwing me under the bus because I have a very high days on market statistic. And the reason is, is because I do a lot of new construction. So a good example is Mary, Melissa, and I had a um, Copperwood Estates, which was a 34 lot subdivision. And we had that on the market for over two years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we use a model home, mm-hmm. the days on market is starting right when we put that on there. Yeah. So of course it looks like it took me a long time to, you know what I mean? It took, takes two years to sell 34, build and sell 34 houses. Mm-hmm. Days on market. I know some people get hung up on that and they're like, oh, there must be something wrong with it. If it isn't selling, you, you just, you never know what the reason is or <laughs> If there's high days on market, people will say, oh, there must be something wrong with it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. There there really is nothing wrong with it. Or what happened? Did it fall apart or whatever? So we're seeing more properties mm-hmm. have higher days on market because, you know, the past couple of years, we've been seeing just some, like single digits <laughs> until mm-hmm. they get an mm-hmm. offer. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, but I've also seen sort of higher days on market. But then when we go to, um, when they're, when they're marked as sold, they're at asking or above still. So mm-hmm. it's still happening. If the house is priced right, you'll get the price. Um, and if it's worth, you know, what, mm-hmm. what you, what you're at, it's okay. If it doesn't happen in the first week. Yeah. And the sky is not falling. Yeah. You know, I went out and looked the other day and I was just like, yeah, but still there. So <laughs> yeah, still up there. Still still up there. there. Still blue. The sky is not falling, <laughs> but you know, and that's the other thing too, is I feel like a lot of the media exposure to what is going on in the market. One of the things that they are not taking into effect is that July generally and August are very high vacation Mm -hmm. months and things slow down this time of year always. So now we'll start to see things pick up because kids are going back to college. Kids are going back to school at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. The fall is always very busy. And then we'll see it slow down at Halloween and PS stay tuned for what's going on around here at Halloween. Can I say dog parade? (laughs) yeah stay tuned for the dog parade (laughs) (laughs) we'll have more information next week oh and there's mary baker who just came in to grab a sign so hi mary baker she has an under agreement sign that must be something good (laughs) (laughs) yay um yes we'll have more information next week about that but Mm -hmm. um but yeah so days are we still on days on market i'm sort of over it you're over it yeah but i think i do do we have some music that maybe we have to be taking our break pretty soon. I don't know if I'm just hearing things to be quite honest. 
Yeah, I, I hear like, something. Yeah, so you know what? We're going to continue this topic. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable here uh, with myself, Melissa, and with Julia. And we're talking about real estate lingo. So you can learn all the words. And we're putting Julia to the test and she's doing pretty good. So mm-hmm. we will be right back after this break. Let's face it. We all get to the point in our lives when our current home no longer suits our everyday needs. With ever-changing living dynamics, addressing your future is all about right-sizing. You know, finding the right-size home for you right now. Are the walls echoing because your house is feeling a little less full? Are you realizing that you have more space than you actually need? Are your storage areas filled with everybody else's cherished memories? Let us help you find the right size for you right now. I'm Sharon McNamara, the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Let's face it. We all get to the point in our lives when our current home no longer suits our everyday needs. With ever-changing living dynamics, addressing your future is all about right-sizing. You know, finding the right-size home for you right now. Are you having difficulty with navigating multiple levels in your home? Are you finding that yard work is taking up all of your free time? Do the home maintenance projects seem never-ending? Let us help you find the right size for you right now. I'm Sharon McNamara, the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. And we're back. Hello to all our social shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable, and we are talking about real estate lingo here uh, this morning. So we're so happy that you could join us. If you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to me on my cell phone, 781-294-4848. You can send me a text. You can give me a buzz. Um, if you have any questions about what we're talking about tonight, or if you just need some information regarding real estate and you need someone to talk it out with, you give us a call. Talk real estate. Talk real estate. Roundtable. It's like what we like to do. <laughs> yep. And you know, can also go to bostonconnect.com. We're in the process right now of updating our website. It is on my to-do list, but mm-hmm. you can always reach all of our <clears throat> agents that way. Yeah. Um, all right, perfect. Let's jump back right back into it. All so right. um, PSA or PNS. Yeah. What is it? What's included in it? Who drafts it? Yeah. You know, it's funny because as when I started in the industry, I always say P and S, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's a purchase and sales agreement. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason or another, I noticed Mary doing it at one point or another, she would say the PSA. Yeah. I'm like purchase sale agreement. Like there is an and in there. Yeah. So I always say PNS and I like to use that fancy ampersand thing, whatever it is. <laughs> so I like to say that it's PNS. So a purchase and sales agreement. Um, I took this one from Julia because I wouldn't expect that she would know this. No, not, I've seen it on the, <laughs> when we're going through everything. Through dot loop. Yeah. yeah, through dot loop. I mm-hmm. see it. But it took me a while to find it one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's called purchase and sale agreement and we all yeah. call it a part PNS and then yeah. Mary calls it a PSA. But anyways, um, with the purchase and sales agreement, those are generally drafted by the seller's attorney. And um, that then what happens is that they'll use the standard form in some instances, the Massachusetts Association of Realtors standard form, then they'll add their own addendums protecting the seller, then that purchase and sale agreement will then go to the buyer's 
this is after the house is all under agreement, it will go to the buyer's attorney. And then the buyer's attorney will add his own addendum that's protecting the buyer. And then it goes back and forth between the attorneys to sort of hash things out. Um, this is why it's very, very important to always have representation. There are times where I'm still so confused where I'll say to somebody, oh, who's the seller using for representation or who's the buyer using for representation? And they'll be like, oh, no, they're, they're not. They're just, um, they're just going to read the purchase and sales agreement themselves. And I was like, hmm. Or when a realtor drafts oh. them. No, no. No, we will no, not no. be doing that. We will not be doing we that. We will not be doing that. No. <laughs> I, I left my law degree at home. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I cannot work on that today. I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah, but you just want to be protected. And again, because usually speaking, one side or the other has an attorney yeah. as a representative. So you definitely, as a layman, don't want to go against somebody who is skilled yeah. at negotiating. It was a real estate attorney. A real estate Somebody attorney, who is familiar yeah. with the lingo familiar yeah. with, you know, common terms and conditions that, yeah. you know, should be in these and, purchases. And what and is considered standard? You know what I mean? What's standard operating procedures and what is standard? Like what, like, and that's why the attorneys can talk things through, but generally speaking, anytime we have like a divorce attorney, Oh, I'm going to use my divorce attorney or, Oh, my friend is a defense attorney. Yeah, All right. It's well, just a battle. It is a battle. They it's like they're in the courtroom. Of, yeah. So we're buying a house. We're not, yeah. you know, Mm. negotiating. I may have told this story one time. I sort of digress, but that's just, Hey, it's our show. We can do whatever we want, Mm -hmm. I guess. But I remember one time this attorney, he kept on saying, listen, listen. Oh yeah. I've told this story before and it irritated me. I know. And I was like, listen, yeah, exactly. And I was like, Hmm, can I stop you right here? And I was like, when you're speaking and I am quiet, that means I am listening. So you don't have to say, listen, listen, Sharon. Yeah. You're insinuating that I'm not already listening to you, but when you won't stop talking, it's kind of (laughs) hard to listen. Exactly. And when you're sort of yelling at me, I feel like I was on the hockey rink. I just wanted to like drop my gloves. Check up your gloves. I want to chuck my gloves and throw some chiclets around on the ice. Okay, Mr. McNamara. (laughs) (laughs) Mac was the center. He was very, very tough, by the way. So yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the PSA. P and S. Yeah. So, and who typically drafts, drafts it? Seller's attorney. Seller's attorney. Um, okay. So I'm going through our list over here. Okay. So once you, what's it, what's an HOA pros and cons of an HOA homeowners association. Yeah. Well, well, we had this conversation too, right? Okay. So an HOA would be a homeowners association. So generally speaking, we see those in condo developments. Mm -hmm. And um, that is when everybody pays a certain association fee. Mm -hmm. And those fees, what is covered with those fees might be the landscaping, the snow Mm -hmm. removal. And sometimes in single family home developments as well. Yeah. We had HOA for Copperwood that Mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. I think it was like $25 a month or something, but that covered you know, um, they had like a gas, um, lantern. lantern yeah. So it covered, and it's like a private that. road. Mm-hmm. So, so it covered all of that. But I think one thing that's interesting, you can also know this when you're putting your house on the market, you can give the example of boat signage. 
Oh, yes. So um, sometimes it, uh, you know, HOAs or, or developments don't allow um, for sale signs because they consider it soliciting. So there's no, you know, nobody's supposed to go around the neighborhood and sort of sell things. So even though you're trying to sell your mm-hmm. unit or sell your home, mm-hmm. um, some associations don't allow you to have for sale signs. So we have recently here at the office had to take down um, two signs mm-hmm. um, because, it, you know, it just wasn't allowed there. So it's super important to get the condo documents um, when you're selling your home. And you should have them. If you live in an association, you should have them and sort of go through them, but also give them to your agent so they can go through them. And they're sort of mm-hmm. looking at it through a fine tooth because you're going to need them when you go to sell because the attorneys are definitely going to ask for mm-hmm. it if the agent hasn't asked for it already. And it's really important to look at those homeowner association um, documents too, because mm-hmm. a lot of them will have... Um, you know, that you can't store a boat in your yard. You can't put up a fence in your yard. Some are like you can't put pools in or or above ground pools. Yeah, even... um like vehicles that have signage on, on it. So anybody who's Mm self-employed, um, so the McNamara plumbing, uh, truck might not be able to go Mm -hmm. be parked, you know, in some of these associations, Mm -hmm. if you guys live there. Um, so that's very important for a buyer that might deter them Mm -hmm. from purchasing the home because if somebody is self-employed and has work trucks and that's how they make their living, they won't be able to park them there. That's a good, I know we talked earlier today when we have had our meeting and we're going to meet again about talking about, you know, some topics for the real estate show. And I said, one of the things that I'd like to talk about is what do you have to disclose? What what are disclosures? Yeah. That would be a good one in there is to, for the homeowners association, you know, what questions should you be asking sellers? And it really comes down to if this buyer had this information prior to putting an offer in on this home, would they have changed their mind on purchasing this home? And I would say, yes, if you are self-employed and let's just say it's McNamara plumbing, he has, you know, a big box truck. If we went through that whole process and nobody told us, and then we showed up and said, here's that box truck that does not fit in our garage. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the other option is to put it in the garage, but that box truck, does it even fit in your garage? No, a lot of work trucks. Yeah. 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 So that would have definitely changed our perception of Mm -hmm. this house fitting our needs. So yeah, yeah, that's going to be a good show. So we'll do that. Um, maybe next Saturday or the Saturday, next Saturday. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So listen to us next Saturday too. (laughs) We already have that. Julia, she'll be working on our agenda. Let me Um, give you one. I'm going to give Mel one. I'm going to trick her up a little oh, bit. Oh gosh, please. <laughs> yes. Okay, go ahead. And Rob, feel free. And Larry, if you're still there, feel free to play along too. LTV. Oh, loan to value. Yes. Yeah. So explain that to people. So it's, um, it's a ratio that I think what the lenders use. So when you're looking at a, um, an offer. So Mm -hmm. you have a certain amount of money that you can put down and then anything else that you don't have liquid cash, that would be what you are uh, going to be financing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm on the right track, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So it's a, it's a percentage of a property's value, um, that I think is covered by the loan. So whatever it is, the, the loan is going for, Mm -hmm. um, based off of your purchase price. Exactly. All right. DTI, uh, DTI debt to income. Mm -hmm. Tell people what that is. D- me or Julia? You. Oh, okay. So you, you can read it just as well as <laughs> Julia. I was going to read it. <laughs> um, debt to income. So it, it's based off of how much debt you have and how much you can um, 
uh, get as a loan. Yeah. How much yeah. you can borrow. How much you can borrow. So what is based off debt? of what your debt is? Exactly. Okay. You know, determining what, what all your debt is and what your payments are. What are they looking at? Are they looking at, you know, student loans? Are they looking at, they're not, I don't believe that the loan officers are thinking about what your monthly payments are going to be. They're what they are now. Mm-hmm. So you have to sort of be prepared for like your electric bill and yeah. for, you know, if the water heater goes or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it That's, I would say that that's important. And I think I don't know much about it, but I know that there's, you know, good debt, there's bad debt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, just because you have some, whatever's considered good debt, just because you have that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't get a loan. Yep. Um, but again, a loan officer can put all that information out. Cause I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. What's next? Okay. Am I, am I going? Or are you going? <laughs> okay. What is, um, what's an extension? Uh, an extension. Do you know? No idea. No okay. Idea. Yeah. Oh, you're still on the deer joke. I yeah. No idea. So, um, yeah. <laughs> what's so, a what's a deer with no eyes? <laughs> no idea. Um, okay. So an extension would be so with and this is one of the important roles that we have as real estate agents is making sure that we're staying up to date with all the dates mm-hmm. and being on top of those because we're keeping you in contract. We never want to be the one that has you out of contract and risking your deposit. If yeah. you're a buyer's agent, if we're a seller's agent, we're definitely paying attention to those dates as well because we don't want a transaction to fall apart, right? Yeah. And if it does fall apart, if it's based on the buyer missing a date, then the seller potentially could keep their deposit. Okay? Yeah. And these deposits are huge. I mean, it's generally speaking, we're seeing 5%. We've seen more. It can be up to 3% though that mm-hmm. we're seeing, right? But I feel that, um, I don't know what I feel because I forget what the question <laughs> Extension. <laughs> Extension. So I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel because I clearly forget the question. Um, but extension would be, okay, you're purchasing a home, Mr. Sal- Mr. Buyer, and you are going to have your home inspection by this date. So let's just say the date is August 29th. You're going to have your home inspection by August 29th. If we're getting closer to that date and you don't have your home inspection and that date passes, then you don't have the right anymore to still have your home inspection. You've missed that contingency date. If we're getting closer, you might say, you know what? I wasn't able to get a home inspector. It's only four days away. And I would like an extension on that. So Mm -hmm. you can then, it's another document that just, and a lot of times I'll be honest, the attorneys are doing it amongst themselves via email and things like that. They're sort of cooperating with that. Yeah. But we do have forms and it would say that, you know, the, the house address, the purchase and sales, um, date, Mm -hmm. um, whatever. And Mm -hmm. then we would just extend that time. Yeah. Um, what about earnest money deposit? Yeah, I think earnest money deposit, it's funny. It's like, I feel like when we hear earnest money deposit, it's more like a Southern thing. When a they Southern say, thing. It's a Southern thing. It's a thing here, but when you hear it called earnest money, I feel like it's a Southern thing because oh. we always just call it escrow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we call it escrow money. So it is basically the same thing. And that is, you know, it's your earnest deposit that you're saying to the seller, I am a buyer and I am going to give you this earnest money. Well, well, when do they give it to you? So the first um, deposit that you give is generally when you submit your offer, if your offer gets accepted 
and it is cashed. So everybody knows that. I don't know why people think that you can give someone a check and think they wouldn't cash it, but mm-hmm. it is cashed. So the first thousand dollars, and then that does go through, you know, towards your loan or to, towards the purchase. And then the second one is when you are signing the purchase and sales agreement mm-hmm. is when you give that larger one. So that's why too, like being we've, we've had this show before too, about, you know, when you're working with the team, they're going to tell you like, okay, we're going to need a percentage when it comes time for this. And then sometimes you get to that time and they forget and they'll say, Oh, I have to have that liquid. Well, yes. Well, I have that in a 401k. Yeah. All right. Well, we need to get that out of the 401k or, Oh, I didn't know because I was going to use proceeds from the sale of my house to put that much money down. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally speaking, we don't see anything over 5% is generally what we see for the second deposit. For the second this, deposit. Isn't, this isn't part of your down payment no. for it. This is where it's talking about yeah, the second deposit. second deposit. And um, it does actually go towards your sale. Like, so the sale purchase, right. Uh, to the purchase of the property, but we don't, as a buyer's agent, I don't want you holding on to more money. I mean, we recently closed on something last month and we were holding $101,000 of this buyer's money. And guess what? He waived mortgage contingency. He waived home inspection. He waived everything. Then they came to us and said, oh, guess what? He has to have a family member be on this alone with him. Yeah. So something happened where he was overextended and wasn't able to get the loan. He had to redo that paperwork. But if he didn't get that loan, he could have lost a hundred thousand dollars, 101. This is why it is important to have a full-time realtor on your side, on your, on your team, on your team. team. Um, appraisal. Mm. What's an appraisal? Who does an appraisal? At what point do you need an appraisal? Mm. So an appraisal is done generally speaking by it's, it's different from me doing a CMA for someone. So I'll do a market analysis mm-hmm. given the price. The bank will send out an appraiser when and do an appraisal on the property once you've signed the purchase and sales agreement generally is when they'll send out that appraiser. And the bank is they're taking care of what is soon to be potentially their asset, yeah. right? They're just lending you the money. But if you don't, God forbid, if you lose your job or you can't make those payments or whatever happens, and it goes into foreclosure. Well, the bank wants to make sure that their asset is protected. So they'll send out a bank appraiser to come and do the appraisal on the property to see what the value of the house is and to see if, you know, if the house is $500,000 and you're going for a $400,000 loan and it appraises at $300,000, you're probably not getting the loan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why. Well, we always like to say that you have to sell the house twice. So it goes on the market. You have to find a buyer. So you sold it to them and then you have to sell it to an appraiser as well. So, um, do you want to talk a little bit about like what happens at the appraisal? Yeah, sure. So, um, our team in generally speaking, everyone in this office, all of our agents here at Boston Connect Real Estate, it's everybody has gone through this training with us here, how we do things as a team. We think it's very important for the listing agent to be present at that bank appraisal. You're meeting the appraiser. Uh, Generally, it's when his timeline is best. It makes sense. I mean, they're trying to fit so much in. So you will meet them. Um, Generally speaking, you know, they'll know the sale price of what the sale price is. We'll bring purchase and sales agreement with us. We'll bring comps. But sometimes you need to be careful because some appraisers are like, listen, I don't want your comps. I know how to do my job. And then there are other appraisers who are like, 
Hey, thanks so much. Like you definitely have your pulse on the, you know, the market a little bit better there, but I'm also given information like, Hey, I know that this house was on the market for $500,000 and we're under agreement for 650. Just so you know, we ended up with 42 offers and they were all above asking. Yeah. Like that type of information they want to know because it's a really good indicator that not only was that house worth it to one person, it was worth it to several. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's why I think it's important for us to be there for that. And the, usually the appraisal is done after the purchase and sales agreement is signed. And that purchase and sales agreement is generally signed 10 days after the accepted offer. And again, it's important to say that, um, you know, you're, you're selling the house twice. Mm -hmm. So, um, and nobody can sell a house like a listing agent. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't the listing agent be there to essentially, sell it to somebody who is very, very important yeah. <laughs> that if they, important. they decide whether or not the value is there. And the yes. other thing too, is we always have a nice list of what the improvements are on each of our listing properties too. So, you know, we have newer windows, the roof is from 2020. It has a new heating system. It has a new water heater. Um, all of those things do matter. So um, you definitely bring those to the attention and to it sometimes, I mean, it hasn't happened recently, but I do remember that, um, which we'll call it Donna Bagney one time had a listing in Pembroke and it didn't appraise. And we appealed, I told them to appeal it. And one of the comps that the appraiser was using, it was a really, it was, um, it was like pre-short sale, a really bad divorce it was one of those situations, just let me get out of here type thing. And the appraiser didn't know that. So when I go and meet the appraiser, I like to tell them, Hey, this is a distressed property. This is what happened with this property. Most recently it's been like, Hey, that one that's under agreement right there. You don't know this, but the agent told me it's on for 500, but it's sold for six, you know? So mm-hmm. we're giving them as yeah. much information as we can. Yeah. So we're going to be wrapping up here pretty soon. We right? are. I think we only have a minute left. So any final thoughts or any final uh, words of wisdom for our listeners until our next show. Yeah. I just think that having a, having a team, we always talk about this, whether it's our team, a team from Boston connect or a team from some other real estate office, you know, that's around here locally, just definitely have somebody who knows this lingo. I mean, you looking it up online and reading it, sometimes it's a little different. So the interpretation, I think it's better to sort of know it and engross yourself in it. Anything, anything, Julia, thanks yeah. for joining us for, thanks for, having for your me. Show, first yeah. show. I definitely learned a lot. Now. And you got it. You got an <laughs> a plus on a a crash test. course. Thank a you crash so course. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. thank you all for listening to us and we will be live again on Tuesday night at six 15. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking on Tuesday night. We're going to be talking yeah. about, um, uh, uh, title insurance. Title again. insurance. Yeah, we're going to have Amy, Yeah, with Amy, she'll be with us again from Sherman Law. Sherman Law. And if you need any of our past shows, you can go to talkrealestateroundtable.com or on your podcast app. You can go to Talk Real Estate Roundtable, and um, you can go to bostonconnect.com. Find us there. We will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye.